This is the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast, and I am Mike Riccio, longtime personal trainer, professional strength coach, gym owner, and most importantly, a devoted modern father and husband. I've been fortunate to learn under some of the most intelligent minds in health and fitness over the past 15 years, as well as work with amazing clients and athletes. What I've most fallen in love with over the years is the power we have over our lives, the power to decrease risk of disease and injury, the power to reach our true potential, the deep abilities the body is capable of when all aspects of health are working simultaneously. On this podcast, you will learn the importance of preventative health and how to optimize your habits to optimize your life. Today, I sit with Andrew Kapp. Andrew is the author of the last law of attraction book that you will ever need. Today, Andrew will define exactly what the law of attraction is. And we have a great conversation about how thinking positively and showing gratitude can lead to actionable steps towards getting everything that you want in life. What I really like about Andrew is that he is a true success story. He has taken some downs and some negatives in his life, and he has used these tactics to turn his life around, and then he has taken these tactics into a book so he could help others as well. Andrew's a truly great person, and I really enjoyed every bit of this conversation, and I know you will as well. All right, we are on, and I am on with Andrew. Andrew, thanks for being on. Mike, thanks so much for having me, man. I'm really uh, appreciative of being here and really excited where this conversation might go. Uh, you know, I am too. As we'll talk about, I've dove into your book and uh, I love it. I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by the subject, which is where I want to start. So the, the title of your book is The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. Excuse me, let me finish the sentence. <laughs> Quite a mouthful, right? Yeah, no, it's great though. You know what? Because it really, it captured me from the first time we spoke because as someone who is aware of the subject, it says it in the title, people tend to keep reading this subject because they... They're on the right path to a good subject, but they don't quite grasp everything they need to upon the subject, which, you know, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But for that reason, I've been really excited about having Jan and the opportunity to talk about this. So I'll let you be the expert here because you are. Can you define what law, what the law of attraction is for people? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. On my YouTube channel, I actually took myself to task to try to explain it in 60 seconds. I put this video up where the, the clock is literally ticking down. So we'll see how well I live up to the, the video I successfully did. But the long and short of, of the law of attraction, it's really, it's based on the understanding that we're all made up of energy. And I know we all feel physical and we are in one sense, but in another sense, you look at us under a microscope and you see that they're vibrations. And you know, with that in mind, not only is everything, including us, energy, but everything vibrates at a frequency, including us, including our thoughts. And law of attraction is basically the understanding that, you know, through your thoughts, you can vibrate at a certain frequency that will mirror that frequency back to you, which, you know, obviously that's, um, <laughs> it's like, where are we going with that? It's like, you know, people, in, one, in other words, you can say, you know, if you think about something with enough certainty, you're going to bring it into your life. And just to probably take us off a little bit topic here, but someone's probably thinking, well, that's nice, but how come I'm not getting the job promotion I keep thinking about? And that's the distinction because sometimes people are thinking about something with certainty and confidence and enthusiasm, thereby attracting that reality to them. And sometimes they're thinking of it with frustration and impatience and uncertainty, which is basically they're thinking about the lack of it without realizing they're thinking about the lack of it, which is my long-winded way of saying what you think about, whether it's the thing or the lack of the thing, will mirror your reality by hook or by crook. So not only is what you're thinking about important, but the way that you're approaching the thought. So if it's a yes. positive approach versus a, versus a negative approach. Yes. And you know, any people, anyone that's followed of attraction knows like a lot of times your emotions come into play. As a guide to this, if you feel good about the thing while you're thinking about it, well then obviously it's probably on the way to you. Whereas if you feel bad, you're probably thinking about the lack of it and you don't like it very much and thereby you're pushing it away from you. So would it be accurate to paraphrase this as positive attracts positive and negative attracts negative? Would you? I'd say so. Could you yeah. boil down to that? Okay. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And again, obviously there's, there's questions get, that can be thrown into that of like, well, what about this? This doesn't make sense. You know, there, I, I kind of think of it as more of like a, a generalization because like, no matter what, it doesn't matter how much I'm in love with Mal Marilyn Monroe or think about it. <laughs> like she's not here right now. So I'm not going to attract Marilyn Monroe. However, there's nothing stopping me from attracting a woman with those qualities for all the reasons that I may have had, and, and you know, she's before my time, obviously, but just using her as an example, since it's right. impossible, there's no reason why I couldn't attract the qualities of a Marilyn Monroe, for example. 
It, yeah, interesting. Okay. Before I dig back into the actual law, how did you get into this? How did you get into studying this and to write about it? What's your What's your past? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. It's almost like a it's a close to a twenty year story at this point. Like me, I, I've been an entrepreneur for close to twenty years, and um, I mean, I'm sure you could relate. I'm sure a lot of people can relate. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, or even when you're a salesperson, and you have to kill your own dinner, so to speak, you're going to find yourself gravitating towards you know, positive thinking, positive thought modalities, personal development. So law of attraction was just one modality of many that I kind of, where I dipped my toe in the pool and just learned about, you know, years back. And, you know, it resonated for me, kind of made sense. But by that same token, when I first learned about it, I had successes and failures, which is basically another way of saying it wasn't exactly reliable. It was kind of reliable when I did it, but I always found myself stopping it. And about uh, 12 years ago, this 12 and a half now, um, I kind of hit a wall where I'd been trying it a little bit here and there, wasn't working. And I hit a point in my life where I lost my job and my girlfriend of three years all in the same week, both of which obviously were not my decision. And, and the breakup was not fun because it was like over text message. That's how bad it was. Um, and ironically, she broke up because I was working so hard on desperately keeping the business alive. So it's funny how those things kind of link together. But long and short of it, it's like, you know, it was a bad week. And, and I thought to myself, listen, something's got to change. I'm depressed. I'm unhappy. This isn't working. This this law of attraction thing, like I've never gone all in with it. And I'm I'm stubborn and heartbroken and just upset enough. I'm, I'm watching my language here that I wasn't going to let anything happen like this ever again. So I, get, I basically got stubborn and indignant. And I said, I don't care how this happens, when this happens, why this happens, anything. I'm going to go all in with this. And when I say all in, I don't mean I'm going to do this 24-7 because I know that no one can handle that. I mean, I'm going to do something that I can actually consistently do, i.e. five to 10 minutes a day of law of attraction methods and exercises that I'd either learned in other books or developed myself or tweaked or, or whatever it was. I, I'm going to go all in. And the funny thing about it is when I stopped caring about the specific result and the specific timing and the specific house, like within two weeks, I felt better, which is saying a lot with a broken heart. Within three months, I'm in a brand new, way healthier relationship. Within four months, I'm making more money than at any point in my life before that. And within six months, everything's different. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm waking up happy and fulfilled. It's like it was a complete 180. And, you know, we can talk about, you know, the science and the theory. And, and I can't tell you for sure it's the law of attraction. All I know is that's the only thing I was doing that I could definitively draw this back to. And I know this is a bit of a long story, but I didn't think to do the book until last year. And it was just the thing where... I'd kind of like been holding back on it. Like I, I thought that I had something to say, but I didn't want to be just another law of attraction book because Lord knows there's too many of those as there is, right? So I said to myself, I need to do something new in business because here I'm an entrepreneur. What can I do that I won't be bored with? What can I do where if a customer emails me with a question, I'll be enthusiastic about interacting with them and helping them. And then by that same token, do I have something unique to say that no other law of attraction book says since that's the thing I was leaning towards? And, you know, I basically told myself, all right, let me put the pieces in place that make this different from every other book, put it out there and see what happens. And so, and what are those unique elements? You know, what is... Well, uh... Yeah. So, well, basically the way I looked at it is like every law of attraction book worth its salt explain the law of attraction. And hopefully I did that in a reframed way that really connects with people. Mm -hmm. And every law of attraction book worth its salt is also going to give you methods, which again, hopefully I did. Hopefully I gave enjoyable methods that people can do without it feeling like a chore. It's actually something to look forward to. But the differentiator that I want to do is, okay, people, all these other books do it and people get them and then they stop. They go to another book. They don't actually follow through. I also wanted to simultaneously address once and for all why we procrastinate, why we don't actually follow through on it so that people can then say, all right, now that I understand this and now that I have these methods are fun and now that I've got enough of an excuse that I can try this one more time, I'm basically painting a picture enough for people that they can do this long enough to get a result. And then it's not even the book that teaches them, it's their own life experience. And it's the last book you'll ever need to read. Meaning if someone wants to get another book, fine, but they'll never need another one. That's the goal because they'll have everything they need and they will have had the experience of actually getting a result. So they can't hide from it anymore. You can't take it away from them. So the book should be more than just educational. It should help you put the, the materials inside into practice right away. Oh, without a doubt. It, it, it's basically, it's a tool. It's, it's an excuse to like the book isn't the magic. It sounds cheesy, but I don't care. The book is not the magic you are. The book is not the difference maker you are. All the book is, is kind of like that, that angel on your shoulder, whispering in your ear, getting you to do what you already know you should do if you've read any other book like this before. 
And again, once you do it and once you see a result, if you want to hide from it, fine. If you want to say it's not law of attraction, that's fine too. I don't care. But you could not hide from the fact that you got a result. Thereby, you now have a proven way that you can implement this again and again and again on a consistent basis for yourself. You know, you, you mentioned the word procrastination. Mm-hmm. Why in general do people procrastinate? Well, change in general, but why would they procrastinate change and the use of, of the tactics that you speak about? Right. So for those listening, you know, if, if you're a clinical psychologist or, or anything in that nature, please forgive me and bear with me on these terms because I realize what I'm going to say aren't by their clinical definition. But this comes down to what I think is we have three minds. We've got the conscious and we've got the subconscious and we've got the ego sitting right there in the middle. Ego is way more powerful than the conscious, but the subconscious is way more powerful than everything. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about the ego, again, as I define it, not as a clinical psychologist would, the ego's got only one job and that's your survival. That means, Mike, wherever you are in your life right now, if you're having a relationship issue, if you're having a money issue, if you're having a health issue, All the ego knows is that you are alive right now, and the last thing it wants to do is risk a change in the status quo. Because if you want to be rich and famous, for all the ego knows, is that when you're famous, you're going to get a stalker. That's a threat to your survival. If you want to earn money, the ego's like, well, what if uh, Mike's family comes out of the blue and tries to take it from him? Like, it can't predict what's going to happen. All it knows is it doesn't want to risk it, and it doesn't care about your fulfillment. It doesn't care about your comfort. It doesn't care about your satisfaction. And by the way, it does love you. It isn't that it's, it's mean. It's just it's trying to protect you in a very misguided way. So don't be mad at it, but just understand. But the thing is, when you understand that, that's why you understand when you have fear, uncertainty. That's why people don't work out consistently. They find excuses not to do it. That's the ego like nudging like, no, 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 you don't need to do this. Which is why like my theory of addressing this is do law of attraction techniques that bypass the ego, go to the subconscious mind, and then that does the heavy lifting for you, whether it's energetically sending that invitation out to the universe if you believe in that thing, or really just governing the activities and decisions that you make on autopilot, because again, it's way stronger than your ego and your conscious mind, so that it gets you the result that you're looking for. Would you call the ego a pessimist? I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't argue against that. I guess it's a great way to put it. I think it's a good way to put it. It's certainly worried. It's certainly on the defensive. So yeah, I mean, I guess I would call it a, a pessimist. It's certainly not an optimist. Okay. Yeah, maybe not in a way where it wants you to fail, but just that it can't get its mind off of the possible negative outcomes. Yeah, it just, it doesn't want to risk your survival. All it knows is you're alive right now and it does not want to risk it. You know, those people that that can't seem to get a girlfriend or boyfriend, the ego's like, well, without the boyfriend or girlfriend, you are alive. Without the new job, you're alive. Without that extra money, you're alive. Let's not mess with this. Interesting. Okay. And where does justifying... You know, justifying, and we're going to go back to your comparison to working out because I love that comparison and we're going to go to mm-hmm. that back. But, you know, when people justify not doing things, how does that work in? Because justifications aren't necessarily, are they just using what the ego is presenting as a possible negative outcome? Is that really where justifying comes in? Right. Well, I mean, if, if I'm understanding your question correctly, it's more of like a thing of, you know, you feel it, consciously you you don't do something and maybe you have an excuse and maybe you don't. Sometimes you don't even know why, why you're doing it. All you know is this decision's being made to not work out or to not you know, um, go after that job promotion or to not ask that person for their number or whatever it might be. And it might be a nagging sensation in your gut, a hesitation. It might be a voice in your head. It might, it's, it's anything that holds you back that it's, it's there again just to keep you in place. It's there based on fear because the world is unpredictable. And by the way, we, you know, to to talk about science, we are genetically engineered over how many thousands of years to fear certain things. We don't want to be kicked out of the group because back in the day that meant that a saber-toothed tiger is going to eat you or you're on your own trying to hunt one. Like there's a lot of fear and survival mechanism that's just built into our instincts that the ego latches onto. So a fear of they may be being different, but that's not the right way to say yeah, it. More fear of, of being f- excluded, fear right. of being outside the crowd, fear of uh, offending people. And again, fear of just basically stepping out of bounds of what might be possible or what might be normal. You know, it's, and by the way, I wouldn't recommend this, but like, you don't want to just go randomly for no reason, but it's certainly not normal to walk up to a complete stranger without even striking up a conversation and asking for their phone number. Not that I'd personally recommend that, but the fact is there's no way you're going to do it even if the person will be receptive because it just feels too socially awkward. There's a fear base built into that. Sure, yeah. So there's some social laws and stigma that also come into playing how the ego 
tries to persuade you to do things or not do things. For sure. So, you know, let's, I'd like to dive into some tangibles before I go back to some of the other items on my list here. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into the actual, you know, habits, you know, so we're talking about trying to be positive and having a positive outlook on life because positivity breeds positivity. So, you know, if you, if you speak things into fruition, we increase the odds of them coming back to us. So you increase the odds of you gaining your health back, going to the gym, getting the job you want, increasing your odds of, of landing the mate that you want to mate. So these are all the things you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. What are some of the actual day-to-day tactics that you dive into? Right. So for me, a big thing is gratitude. And gratitude is obviously a, a buzzword in the law of attraction space, or really in any space where people kind of like don't really understand what it's about. If you're talking about it, and we'll get to the tangible in a second, but if we're talking about it from a law of attraction standpoint, it's basically your way of telling the universe that you've got what you want thereby sending out the signal of that and inviting it back. If you don't believe in that sort of thing, well, let's talk about gratitude on a more scientific, more tangible level. Gratitude, first of all, through scientific studies has been demonstrated to reduce anxiety, improve sleep, increase confidence, basically make you feel better about yourself. Because when you think about it, gratitude is putting you in a good mood, which is altering your body chemistry, which is you know reducing stress, getting you breathing at, a, at an easier rate, you're gonna make better, more sound, more intelligent, more thought out decisions. So there's a lot of things there, a lot of benefits, even if you don't believe in the law of attraction. But for me, the beauty of, the, of gratitude is you're basically conditioning your mind, your reticulating, activating system, if, if you will, to notice the positives versus the negatives. And again, these are these kinds of things where, you know, some people can't even explain it, but when you're focusing on certain things, you're going to reaffirm it. They're going to come into play. That's why when people are thinking about buying like a Dodge Challenger, all of a sudden they start to see those on the road. You know, I'm sure people have been there. They're thinking about mm-hmm. buying a car. Like, why am I seeing this car over and over and over again? It was there the whole time. Their eyes were just not picking it up. They were thinking about something else, you know? So there, there is a science to this, but more importantly, there's just like the results to it that you can't really argue with. And I think when you are grateful for things and you condition yourself in that way, you are setting yourself up for a lot more happiness in your day, which again, reinforces more happiness on top of that. Yeah, I, I love that. I, and I think I told you in our pre-talk a couple of weeks ago that my business partner, he gets the credit for this, pre-COVID, of course, we had put up a gratitude jar in the gym. Mm-hmm. So on the way out, we encouraged people to, to fill it out. And I didn't know what type of response it would get, but it was it was awesome. Everyone was doing it. You know, it became like this, this hooked thing and the, we have a pretty positive environment in general in our place, but there was just this noticeable uptick just from this little fishbowl at the front with post-it notes and a pen next to it. And if there's, you know, there's a lot of things I missed from pre-COVID, but, uh, but that's one I definitely do because I, I love the idea of that. So, so I love it. I love that concept. And you're right. Sometimes just realizing what you do have one stops you from realizing what you don't at least puts the brakes on you thinking about it, but puts you into a mindset to appreciate the next thing, right? Yeah. And you, by the way, you touched on something really important that most people don't think about. We, we don't want to be the weird one in the crowd. We don't want to be singled out. However, when there's an environment that fosters something that is positive, people want to lean into it. We are positive by nature. We are good. We are good by nature. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, when you set something up like that in that place of business and what you do, of course, you're going to get people doing it. And then as soon as they see that things are in a jar, other people are going to feel good. And it's, it's just a reaffirming thing. And that's the beauty of all this, especially when you have like people around you that support you in it. You can really get a lot of momentum and really understand how far this can go without any resistance. I, you know, I, and I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's what, that's what I hope we do well. But in general, what gyms like mine, I think, do well is the training can be great the tactics, uh, the programming, that can all be great. But what people first fall in love with is the environment that hits them when they walk in the door. People read that before they have a chance to go through enough sessions to realize that the training is working or they're losing weight or, you know, and obviously I'm speaking from just one, one part of, you know, what you're saying, the law of attraction impacts, but it's, it's definitely noticeable. And in my mind, if we didn't do that well, we would never get a chance to show people that we had a good training program. You know, the environment is what really cooks, hooks people sometimes before the training has a chance to. Yeah. And I, by the way, I got to give you props. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, there's, there's, you know, gyms out there that do this, but I'm like, just props to you for recognizing the importance of that because it really, I believe does fuel 
amazing results. I mean, there's something about having a welcoming environment. It, it takes one less excuse. There's one less excuse in there why people won't like, you know, re- like falter that day or go in. Like, you know, knowing that they have a place that they enjoy with a positive atmosphere, people they enjoy working out around, it really does make a huge difference. So kudos to you, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. So what else? You know, so gratitude is one. You know, I know when we talked, you, you talked about these five to 10 minutes a day that people should be practicing. Yes. What else falls in these five to 10 minutes? What other daily tactics are you recommending? Well, so, you know, and I, I, it's so funny. I forgot if I, if I even gave this to you, but I've, I'm happy to even like, you know, for your audience, teach one of my methods because it'll be a perfect example of one thing that they can do for themselves. And mm-hmm. this still falls into gratitude, but it, it's, it goes on, on a such a deeper level. And um, I call this uh, the time-lapse method. And you probably read that in the book. And mm-hmm. the cool thing about the time-lapse, and again, is you're basically tricking your psychology, we'll say. I mean, from a law of attraction standpoint, you're tricking your vibration, but you're tricking your psychology and your subconscious mind into having confidence for things that you still want on a deeper level. And the way it works is, you know, you, you're going to write out a list of 15 things that you're grateful for. Five of those things are from your past five are from your present and five are future things that you want. And the key about this is they're all going to be phrased in the present tense. And what you're going to do is after you write out all 15, you're going to jumble up the list. So, you know, maybe it starts with the future and then a present and then the present and then the past. It's all mixed in. And the cool thing about that is you're going to go through that list one at a time, reading through, maybe giving yourself 20 to 60 seconds to feel grateful for it. And two-thirds of that list is real. It either happened or is happening, meaning two-thirds of that list is carrying a certainty and confidence that is unmistakable. And human nature and psychology being what it is, you can't just downshift. You can't be in the middle of this and change it really drastically while you're reading the future stuff in the present tense, by the way. Mm -hmm. So you're tricking your subconscious mind and your vibration into appreciating those future things with the same level of energy and confidence and enthusiasm as the past and present. And on the one hand, you are inviting those future things in more quickly. But the best thing about this, and this, by the way, is why five to 10 minutes is so cool, especially when it's the method you enjoy, is it doesn't even matter on a certain level if you get what you want, because you're choosing five or 10 minutes out of the day that you're not losing money, you're not wasting your effort, you're enjoying the moment. At the very least, you're reducing your stress. At the very least, you are unplugging from the problems of the world. At the very least, you're getting away from all your texts and all your emails. It's just five or 10 minutes a day, whether it's this method or any other, to give yourself a break from any of the nonsense that you're used to dealing with and just be content and enjoying the moment in and of itself. I love that. I do. I love that. I love I spending the time. I love the idea that it's just it's impactful by itself, but it also is removing the negative because if you're thinking of one thing, you can't be thinking of the other, right? If you're truly focused exactly. on gratitude, yeah, the negative just shouldn't be there as a result, right? Yeah, and you know, the cool thing, and by the way, don't ask me for the, the scientific website on this or where to cite it, but you know, as I understand it, both scientifically and theoretically, positive thoughts are hundreds or even thousands of times as powerful as negative ones, meaning you do those five or 10 minutes a day, and then an hour later, you're reminded of that bad relationship that just, you know, someone dumped you, and you're like, oh my God, I'm undoing all this. Well, you're not really undoing the work. You Maybe you're slowing down your momentum, but those five or 10 minutes that you did is basically enough to carry momentum where on a daily basis, things are gonna get better and better and better for you in ways that you won't even realize or appreciate until you wake up one day and be like, wow, life is life is good life is awesome like how did this happen well i'm not going to complain i'm just going to keep doing what i'm doing awesome well and, and going back to what we before yeah we you compared this to working out and i love the comparison for obvious reasons i guess but also because in the book you talk about how it's if you work out randomly here and there you don't get anywhere you know one mm-hmm. good workout today and then one seven days later and then three days later then 10 days later the workout in itself might feel really hard, but you're not you're not gaining any steam on any goal, regardless of what the goal is. So this is something that if you don't preach every day, you're not going to get very far. And I believe that's one of the reasons you said that most people, I don't want to say fail, but most people don't get what they think they're going to out of the law of attraction because they're just not consistent enough. Right. Thank you, by the way. That's a great way of phrasing it. It's not really about failing. It's just the fact that they they don't achieve the result that they first had in their mind that they thought it was going to be. And even like with the workout thing, again, we we find reasons, we find excuses. And oftentimes that excuse for the workout is the same excuse for not doing your homework, is the same excuse for not doing the extra job that you're supposed to do for love, like whatever it might be. And 
you know, it just comes down to a lot of times that it's, it's not fun for you. I think, and you know, I'm sure you have your own opinion. Maybe you'll agree on this. I think the best workout routine is one that you enjoy, one that you look forward to doing, one that you have fun. So it doesn't feel like such a chore. So it doesn't feel like you're grinding your way through it. And I think the same goes for like a law of attraction method where you want to find a method that feels good so that this doesn't feel like some commitment that you have to do. It feels like a, a joyful experience that you get to do. And I even say in the book, like, you know, I, I compare like, you know, for people that don't like working out, what if I had magic ice cream that it had all the qualities, the positive qualities of ice cream and none of the negatives. And all you had to do is get the body of your dreams to take a spoonful of ice cream every single day. It, and, you know, substitute cookies or pizza or whatever you like yeah, if you don't like yeah. ice cream. And it's like, no one would say no to that because it's easy and it's fun. And of course, I would look forward to that versus, you know, something where, you know, they're in a method that they don't enjoy. It feels like it's a commitment. It feels like it's never going to get anywhere. And then if it feels like a commitment or a chore, you're going to like grit your teeth through the whole thing. And it's going to be actually a negative reinforcement rather than a positive one. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm laughing because I, when I read that part of the book, I was like, yeah, like ice cream that in your parentheses, you had pizza as an example. I'm like, yeah, I'll use pizza. Pizza works for me. Like I, if I could eat pizza every day and, uh, and gain some muscle and lose some fat, I'd, I'd be the biggest and leanest person in the world, you know? Seriously. But, <laughs> <laughs> and you'd put the uh, local, local owner of the Pizza Hut, you put his kids through college, right? <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The Chicago, so probably more of a Lumonati's, but yeah. Uh, you get, you get the, nice. Yeah, for, for my, nice. Chica- for my uh, local listeners out there. I love it. But um, then again, I'm going to piss people off too, because they're going to be like, no, Giordano's or, you know, but <laughs> so I do agree. And actually I've had this conversation with a couple other um, of my guests about the idea that you do have to find something you enjoy. I 100% agree with a but. And my but isn't a disagreement. It's a, but the reality is, is that some people just don't like moving at all. Mm. And if they do have a goal, at some point, they may have to get through a period they don't love. Or if any of the activities they enjoy don't match up with their goal. I really enjoy walking and I want to put on 20 pounds of muscle. I'm glad you enjoy walking. It's, it's great for you. It's going to improve your health. It's going to do a lot of great things. It's going to prevent your risk of disease. It's, it's fantastic for you. It's still not going to put on 20 pounds of muscle. Right. It's just not going to. So I guess my question for you is, where is the link? Where is the link between thinking positively every day and action? Because yeah. I can think as positive as I want from my couch. Right. right. And by the way, yeah, just so we're clear, I don't disagree with you. I mean, you know, doing one thing to get muscle, like if it's not going to match up now, you know, not to say anything bad about working out because I love it myself, mm-hmm. but this is um, almost like the cheap benefit that law of attraction has over to working out because it doesn't matter what method you do, the result's going to be the same as long as you enjoy the method. So I guess I've got that advantage, but to speak to this also, because I do want to address the whole thing about building muscle, the way I see it, is because you're right, you can't just be sitting on your couch. However, sitting on the couch is an entry point in the, in the process. Where, what I mean by that is, I believe if you picture building muscle with confidence and enthusiasm, something's going to click in your brain where you, all of a sudden you will have a more resilience to the, the, the exercises that you need to do to get that muscle. You'll find, you'll have like this, this kind of like nudge in yourself. You're like, I'm going to live today. I'm going to see what happens. And you're going to find yourself enjoying it. You're going to find yourself leaning into it. So you're right. You can't do it if you don't enjoy it. Although I believe through law of attraction methods, you will get yourself to a point where again, your, your subconscious will hijack the process and you'll find yourself liking it. Again, you're gonna have to put the work in, but it'll be inspired work. You will be inspired to do it, and therefore the action will go somewhere for you. I will, and I like that answer because that is my approach and that is my answer to that dilemma too, is sometimes it's about starting with what you enjoy as long as it's in the family, even yes. if it's not technically going to be the end-all activity for your final goal. However, if you start walking every day, you start feeling a little better, your energy goes up, you lose a few pounds. Now they're like, you know what? Maybe, you know, and we also don't know the reason people don't like lifting. Is it purely I don't like lifting or is it, is it I don't feel comfortable lifting next to people in the gym? I feel like I'm weak, so I feel embarrassed. I do it at home, but I don't have the equipment. So you start walking every day and there's this domino effect into, into well, if I can do this and this worked, maybe I'll start running. Well, running works, so maybe I don't mind being in the gym because now I've lost 20 pounds and I feel more confident. So- mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm bridging the gap back to what you're saying, where sometimes you got to start with what you enjoy, right? And trust the process 
that it, it may bridge into some of these other actions that you will have to do, but maybe aren't quite ready for yet. Would you, is that? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, you know, just start, start in a place that you can enjoy yourself and, and really it comes down to, and I'm sure, you know, anyone in the fitness game that's, that's actually really in the fitness game can really appreciate this. You got to not judge yourself. You got to not feel shame if something is taking longer than you would want it because we are in an instant gratification world. And thing about law of attraction is things can change in a dime. They can change within 24 hours, but it's not always very likely if you have a negative pattern of thought. And again, working out, you know, if, if you used to be in the best shape of your life and you didn't work out for 10 years and now you're 40 pounds overweight, you didn't get there overnight. You're not going to get back overnight, but there's nothing to do other than start in, you know, getting in that back in the right direction for yourself. And I couldn't agree more. Find something that you like and, Again, it might be a thing where like before you know it, you'll be bored with that thing and you'll be ready to move on. You'll be inspired. Maybe people, and by the way, I'm completely just you know, throwing this out there. I'm, there's no proof, but maybe certain people aren't lifting because they don't have confidence about lifting. They're worried about dropping the weights on themselves or they had a bad experience when they were younger that they forgot about. There might be something else where when they get their body in any kind of motion and the blood's pumping and things are moving, they'll get a, a jolt of adrenaline or confidence. Like, you know what? I'm ready for this now. You know, you never know what's yeah. going to happen. Yes, I agree. And sometimes people don't even know why they don't like it. Not to say they are unaware, but you use the word subconscious in the book sometimes. And it's sometimes it's a subconscious reason that we aren't taking a step. So what I'd like to do, I'd like you to walk me through an example. Well, walk my listeners through an example, but and me, because I, I, love, I love this topic. Let's use getting a new job as, as an example. Mm-hmm. So, and, and maybe your example is, is the example, you know, I... I lose my job for whatever reason and I have, I'm on the couch and I'm, and I'm starting this process. I read your book. And I'm going to start just thinking positively. Mm-hmm. Can you walk me through just some type of example of where, of where that becomes action and where it ends up in the dream job or just a job, you know, that they want. Right. For sure. So first of all, I think, you know, thinking positively is, is a wonderful, you know, general goal. But I, I want to go strategic with it. So like my book, I'll either do gratitude, scripting, or visualization. So gratitude, again, is obvious we've gone through it. You know, write down things about the job that you want, uh, that you're grateful for. I'm so happy and grateful for a job with a good commute, with a good salary, with a great boss, with a great environment. Write that in present tense. Awesome. Scripting, um, which we're going to circle back to because that's what I would do in this situation. But also there's visualization where you do five or ten minute visualization picturing yourself in the new job or picturing yourself, you know, telling your family, hey, I got the job or, you know, picturing yourself shopping for new clothes because now that you have the money for the job. In other words, visualizing tangible things that would actually happen in a world where you have that new job. Now, the reason I want to circle back to scripting is because me personally, this is where I would go with this. Scripting is basically writing down your life, documenting it in the present tense as if you're already living the life that you want. So for me, I might start with a statement like, I'm so happy and grateful that I finally found the, the perfect job for me, or I'm so happy and grateful that I got a new job, or whatever, whatever makes sense the way I would word things that doesn't feel ridiculous. And then I'd, I'd expound on that. Like, the cool thing about this job is, you know, it's got an easy commute. The cool thing about this job is, you know, they, they lean towards my specific strengths. Everything that I'm good at, it's like, those are the things they always ask me to do. The thing I love about my new job is that I'm surrounded by colleagues. Like, you're just gonna like vividly describe this in a way. And by the way, even if you're not visualizing it vividly, cause our ego likes to creep in and say, we're not doing it perfectly. The fact that you're writing it down, your brain has to process it in some way. Even if you don't understand it, you are visualizing it. Now, when you're doing that on a regular basis, maybe you do it for a week or maybe you do it for a day, but through that process, you're also going on job websites. You're also telling friends like, hey, be on the lookout for me. But the really cool thing is that when you do this, some kind of visualization, sometimes a scripting, some kind of gratitude, this is where brilliant ideas pop in your head that you never would have thought of. This is the day where you're like, I've never been on LinkedIn, but now I'm inspired to redo my profile. I've never been on on Facebook before in a job group, but now I'm going to leave a really brilliant post about um, carpentry because I'm a carpenter or whatever. And then someone's like, hey, 
I, thank you for that new insight. I want to hire you for X, Y, Z. Like you will come up with all these different ideas for action as a result of putting yourself through these processes. And again, even if you don't believe in law of attraction, it doesn't have to be about law of attraction. It's about the fact that your subconscious mind is the world's greatest supercomputer. It processes information in a way that nobody can ever really understand or appreciate. It knows how to get you that job. And it's going to take the wheel for you if you feed it the right information and instructions. Hey. Andrew, I love it. I love it uh, because this was the link that I was exactly looking for. And this is awesome because at some point action has to come in. And this is something that, again, Ryan, my business partner, this is something we talk about often is for me to be even creative, I have to put myself in an environment to be creative. And I, and I can't force that. I'm not good at doing that in a half an hour burst between clients. I'm not doing that right before I fall asleep when I'm exhausted. So I have to book out time each week. I need three to four hours where I am alone and I can just look at an email, look at a problem. And it's usually then when I'm like, okay, well, what can I do? What's, you know, what's something we can try? What's something I can make? How can I make my member experience better? But it's when I create that time is only the only time when good ideas come to me and when I can start building on these ideas. But mm. I'm, I'm just not a person where they come to me naturally. Ryan is to give him some credit. You know, Ryan just, these things just pop in. He's just got this natural creativity to him and I'm envious of that. That's not me. So I have to put myself into position for success. And a lot of it has to come through positive thought. Not, I know we, we but you know, meaning I sit down and say, okay, what are we doing well? Yeah. What are we doing well? What are we not doing well? And, and what do I, what do I envision well looks like and how do I get to there? And that's usually where my ideas start coming in, which is exactly what you just laid out, right? You scripted, yes. you envisioned it. You said, here's, here's what I want this to look like. And also you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is actually, I remember this job was there. This is the job that I think I'm thinking about, right? So now the roadblock becomes following through on the action. Mm -hmm. So, and this is, and to be, to be honest, this is where I probably didn't get to yet with the book. Where do you motivate people in that arena? Right. Well, this is where it comes down to the uh, the scoop of ice cream or the bite of pizza. The whole point is hopefully the like the book or, or anything like let's not even worry about my book. Let's worry about something that inspires you just enough to experiment. Hopefully you would because I think I've got like 19 or 20 methods in there. Mm -hmm. I would hope that somebody would just experiment and play with them. And as soon as they found one that they liked, just keep doing it you know, set up the conditions of success so that in, set it up so that failure is impossible. Like, for example, like me, like I take my own medicine. I do the methods from the book, but I also have a gratitude practice with a friend where literally every single day we send each other a message on our iPhones of telling what we're grateful for. And the cool thing about that is here's where the strategy comes in. There is a social pressure there. If I don't do that, like we, we, we love to let ourselves down, but we hate letting our friends down, right? If I don't actually send that message out, I'm letting him down. Therefore, there's a social pressure that keeps me in it. So if you've got some kind of you know negative leverage that you can use for yourself, go for it. But ideally, you just want a method that you enjoy so much that's for only five minutes. So it's not like a big 20-minute commitment. It's not an hour. It's not two hours. It's five minutes that you can just do every single day. You know, it's good. And by the way, there are methods where you don't have to be writing something down. You just have to, you could be doing in your car. I have a thing called the gratitude blitz. You could be in your car on your way to work and you could just list off things in your mind that you're grateful for. And you never run out of body parts to be grateful for. You never run out of, you know, like this laptop that I'm, that I'm on with you right now, this device. I am so grateful. One, it lets me have this conversation with you, Mike. I'm so grateful for Zoom for this. I'm so grateful the fact that I can write all my content. I could record all my YouTube videos. Like, this is such a gift. Why would I not be grateful? And then, by the way, because I'm so grateful, you know, I'm going to attract more money to buy more laptops, even though I don't need more laptops. This one is beautiful for me. But it's just, it's like a, an endless thing where you just want to make sure you're having fun. And, you know, it, it's funny because it kind of like unfolds effortlessly. It just, it happens. And I believe in, in our conversation, I do want to share this with your, your audience, getting back to the example of working out. Mm -hmm. If I remember right, we were talked about this where, you know, is the law of attraction real or not? And, and I would say, well, let's talk about the example of working out to get muscles, which I know is oversimplified. But I want to give you two possible explanations as to why it actually works. Explanation number one is just like you lift weights and when you go to sleep, the muscle fairy comes and gives you muscles. Not really believable. Well, what about explanation two? Explanation two is you work out and you're putting so much stress on your body as you work out that the muscles are literally tearing in little areas and then your body responds by healing by filling in those tears with more muscle fiber. 
Now, I butchered that explanation, but I'm sure people are like, okay, that makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. My answer is, it doesn't really matter which one of those two is. All that matters is you lift weights, you get muscles. You put an X, you get Y. You do law of attraction techniques. And whether you believe in the law of attraction or not, by hook or by crook, examples or results actually come for you. And once you've got that result, again, you can say, this isn't law of attraction, this is something else. I'm like, I don't care, as long as you still put an X to get Y, as long as you still do these methods that will call law of attraction methods, as long as you get the result and you get the happiness that you want, don't give me credit, don't give the book credit, don't give the law of attraction credit, don't credit the universe, don't credit anyone or anything that you want to, just enjoy the result and do this knowing that it's gonna get you there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I, I, I am a believer. I'm a believer because it's something that I have to actually practice. And well, and my business, and Ryan, if you're listening, I think we have to start texting each other something we're grateful for every day because I think this would be a, I think it would be a good practice for us as as co-business owners too. But um, so this is this is great. So I love it. I love the link. I love action. And I'm in one of these moments where I, uh, I definitely had a. A question for you while you were speaking that I hooked on what you were saying and I forgot my question. So no worries, it'll come back to you. It always right, you know, yeah. And and by the way, interrupt me if it comes back to you. But one little quick thing: when you get back to the gratitude jar, for you being the person that sets the tone every day, which you're happy to do mm-hmm. because you want to create that environment, that's basically a daily practice. Just by writing one, like it isn't even like a five minute thing. I mean, if you can do five minutes, awesome. But if the only thing that you're doing is filling in that gratitude jar with the first entry, which by the way, you're going to try to make it like the best thing ever. You're going to be really inspiring. You're going to make it written nice and big so people can read it and get inspired and put something else. You'll be excited by that every day. And all of a sudden you set up the conditions where this is fun and you're motivated to do it. Yeah. So where, and this wasn't the question, but this is another question I have now that I think about it. You know, people talk about excluding the negative when you can. So, you know, be careful of the company you keep. Mm-hmm. So if, if there's negative people around you, and I'm using the word negative for the sake of just being consistent in my verbiage, but you know, if there's people that just maybe aren't good for you, you know, aren't, aren't bringing you the right way, if there's other environmental factors that aren't putting you in an environment that help to nurture your thought process and your gratitude and all that. So where, where would you say that comes into this equation of you know, being able to think the right way every day? Right. Well, Nothing can hold you down entirely, but things can slow you down. And again, we want to be strategic and set up the conditions for our success. So if it is within your power and ability to take yourself out of negative situations, to be away from negative people, to be away from negative environments, to whatever measure you can, I'd highly recommend it. Again, if you can't, you know, somebody listening might be young and they're they don't they're not even paying their own bills. You know what I mean? They, they don't know way out of a bad home. Listen, you're not trapped. Like, you know, in other words, like things can still work out even while you're in that environment. It's just, it's automatically going to be slower because you're surrounded by more negativity. But I would say, again, the answer to everything, even that is trying to inject a certain level of positivity every single day. Because again, who knows if that positivity won't lead to some brilliant idea where all of a sudden you write a book that becomes a bestseller on Amazon and then you could afford to get out of that environment. There you go. I like that. And I did think of my question. Cool. Because it was the laptop that you brought up. And it made me think of the fact that most of us don't appreciate the laptop until it's broken. Yes. And it's an interesting comparison for me because one, I've been there. I mean, I walked into to the gym one day, it's only a couple months ago, and I pressed the power button and nothing. Dad, I don't know why it died. I, I to this day, I don't know. Eventually I you know had to get a new one. But you realize I'm like the the I can't get any work done. You realize how married I got to this object that I'm speaking into right now to perform this podcast. Mm-hmm but I didn't appreciate it enough until it's too late. And a big theme of this podcast is disease prevention and injury prevention and how to make people appreciate doing things ahead of time before the loss happens, before the symptoms happen, before whatever it is. So I love what you're speaking to because it's very relatable in terms of we need to be grateful for what we have while we have it and recognize we have it while we have it, not only after something is gone. Yes. Yes. I mean, listen, we could fight hypertension, but why put ourselves in that situation? You know, it's like, why not lean in the direction of health and happiness and like right away? And the really cool thing, this is actually, it's amazing because I think there's people that they work out every single day and it becomes a way of life for them. And it's really awesome. 
what they will never know is how many health issues they avoided that they will yes. never have to worry about in their life. Mm -hmm. they, they will never have to worry about you know, diabetes because of their diet. Like they never go through that. So in many ways they don't appreciate, like it's, it's actually, it's better that they don't feel the gratitude for it because they were already on such a way, like a, a, a good path. I'd recommend people do whatever they can for their life, for their health, for their body, for their, their mental state of being, because there are problems and difficulties and challenges that you will never deal with, that you'll never even know you bypassed, but you were yes. getting over so many bad things just by being in a healthy lifestyle. Uh, yeah. And it's, and it's one of the reasons that you, you really can't define prevention because you don't know. Yes. You don't know. And a lot of people will say, well, they were so healthy and they still ended up with a disease. Well, yeah, but how many didn't they end up with? Exactly. How much sooner might that happen? And again, there's a lot of what ifs, which makes this this very hard. And to bring you, uh, but to loop it back to what you talk about and for a, le for a less morbid and depressing example, I talk to my daughter a lot about the idea of, you know, she has an iPad. Most kids don't have an iPad. Mm-hmm. If she appreciates the iPad, if she if she's grateful for the iPad, if she treats it with respect, she'll probably always have that iPad. It's when she doesn't. It's when she lets it sit on the edge of a counter. When she lets her her my you know her infant brother spill milk on it. You know, it's when she doesn't respect it and isn't grateful for it that the bad things are probably going to happen to it. That's when she's going to drop it and break it, and now she's going to miss it. Mm -hmm. So if she was more grateful for what is an example, she's a grateful kid. She's a great kid. But, oh, yeah. but just as an example, say this is where it comes in. Where one day she did break it and she was heartbroken. You know, she she really like she she loves that iPad. And while we are pretty strict with how often she can use it anyway, it's something that you know it was a good message for her to say. Well, listen, if you ever get one again, we're we're going to make sure that we we treat it well because that's how we keep things close to us and that's how we keep the things that we are grateful for. Yes, I love that by the way because you know possessions and people treating them well is it's one of those things where not only does it tell you that like indicate or communicate that you're grateful, but it really reaffirms so much a higher quality of life, better relationships, longer lasting life of possessions, just a better life experience by being the kind of person that appreciates what you have and treats everything that you have and everybody that you're with, with respect and with love. You know, that's a great comparison. The relationship yeah. comparison is great because if you treat it well, sometimes it ends anyway, but if you treat it well, you're less likely, right, to lose something, and that's a that's an actual tangible where you know, I didn't do what I should have in the relationship, and if that was the reason it ended, yeah. But but if I'm grateful for it and I nurture it and I do what I should on my end, odds are, I will keep that relationship. Sometimes with things that are unpreventable. Sometimes the other person wants something different, you know. Yeah, and and by the way, if if you treat it well and it ends. Well, get ready because another relationship's on the way that's going to be way better, that's going to be perfectly in line with who you are as a person. And with basically the love and respect that you give will be reciprocated tenfold. You won't even know what to do. You won't even know what to do with yourself, you know? And I mean, that that's a whole different rabbit hole of things. But, you know, if, if you're, you know, being kind to someone and they, they kind of end things, that's on them and it's really for your benefit. You won't, it won't feel like that in the moment. It's going to suck in the moment. It really is. And that's just human nature and just the way things go. But if you kind of like, you know, see through to the end of the tunnel, the next person that comes along, you're going to be floored. You're going to be like, oh my God, that last thing, I'm not going to lie. That last thing sucked, but thank God that I found my way to this new person because this, I didn't know what fulfillment was until I met this person. I love that. And you can look that for anything, right? If I lose my job, maybe I, maybe this is an opportunity. If I lose a person, maybe it's an opportunity, you know? Oh, yeah. So there, there's a lot of ways that you could use that as, as a great example, isn't it? Yeah. And even by the way, if it's, if it's not true yet, your resiliency and your attitude towards that will invite basically better things so that you can turn it that way. You can literally change reality if it isn't that way already to bring a better result just by having the, the right attitude. And it sounds ridiculous. You know, it, it, it almost sounds silly. Like, wait, if I think, well, it's going to magically fix things. Well, again, you are, your, your positive thought, your positive attitude, your positive outlook is instructing your supercomputer subconscious mind to make calculations and decisions that are going to lead to a way better result for you. So why not strategically go about it that way so you can get that result? I love it. And I even love it in the opposite direction too, because it's something that I really realized after I had my boys, my kids and my stepdaughter, but you know, my biological boys was, you know, you look back and you look back at all the things that you were unhappy about when they happened. But now at this point, I have to say, thank God that all of the quote unquote negative things in my life did happen because if, if everything didn't happen in the way it happened, I wouldn't have met my wife and I wouldn't have the exact boys I do. You know, it's just, 
it just would not. Things have to happen exactly how they happen. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't have them. Mm-hmm. So I try to use that going forward for when things that are less than ideal do take place. Co- a pandemic hitting in the middle of my first year of opening a business. Mm. You know, hold off on being overly upset and negative and scared because it's like, you know what? Let's let's just see. Let's just see where things go. Let's stay positive and let's, you know, and in 10 years, let's see how we look back at the situation because I wouldn't have thought I'd be looking back on certain situations 10 years ago the way I am now. So the the other piece that I just want to kind of like mention here is, you know, the, the interesting thing about this year is who knows where your podcast would have ended up if you didn't have this year play out the way it did. And here you have another means, another vehicle by which you are reaching people, communicating to people. And obviously I'm, I'm a winner because I get to be on the podcast for this, but I would hope this is also going to be another vehicle by which people that are not in your hometown, that are not in your business, that can still, you know, serve and give value to an audience on a different level. So, you know, one way or another things work out, right? Well, you know what? You're, you're absolutely right because there would be no podcast without the pandemic. And that's the absolute truth. I did not, did not have the wherewithal to put this together until I had the time, which means I wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet the guests I've had, including you. And Andrew, this has been awesome. So I'm really, I'm truthfully grateful for that. And me as well, Mike. This, I'm, I'm glad I found you. I'm glad I found this podcast and I'm, I'm glad you know, I'm glad I really get to to kind of put this message out to your audience because, again, I don't know who's on board with Law of Attraction or not. And honestly, I don't care. But what I do care about is whether it's my book or my methods or someone else, I care that hopefully these people listening find a way to give themselves an excuse to serve themselves through gratitude or through scripting or through visualization because it's, you know, it's worth the five minutes a day, I think. And, and it does go a lot further than people realize. And again, it's one of those things where, you wake up one day and something happens, something's different, something amazing just happens and, and you can't explain it. And that I think is the coolest thing about this and really the coolest thing about life. When something good happens, an unexpected pleasant surprise that you can't explain, that you never could have, you know, formulated on your own, but that just happens for you anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so, so well said. And I I know that people are going to appreciate these tactics and uh, we're, we're going to help a lot of people here. So Andrew, on that note, where can people find you? Where can people find the book? Yeah. So two easy links. First link is lastlawofattractionbook.com. And uh, that'll auto forward you to the Amazon listing. So you can get it on Kindle or paperback, or if you prefer a uh, audible audiobook, it's, it's in that format. Also, I recorded it myself. Or if you don't want to pull out your wallet, you can just go to youtube.com slash Andrew cap with a K and that's my free content. And it's a little bit of a different presentation than what we have here is because, you know, it's love. It's, um, YouTube's channel. So I try to throw throw a little humor in there. I keep things interesting. I uh, edit in a lot of uh, funny clips. So it's a different kind of experience. I hope one or both of those links will prove valuable to your audience. I It definitely will be. And for those listening, go check out Andrew because the material is great and it really might, might change your life, might do a lot for you. So Andrew, on that note, I really appreciate you taking the time. This has been a joy for me and uh, we'll, we'll have to keep in touch here. Mike, the pleasure has been all mine. The the conversation was even better than I thought it would be. And I already had high hopes. So thanks so much for, again, inviting me on and and sharing me with your audience. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Well, thank you very much. Listeners, go check them out and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast. Find more episodes like this at www.lifestyleasmedicinepodcast.com and visit www.marhealthandperformance.com and at Mar Health and Performance on both Facebook and Instagram for more great content and information about programs. Have a great day and see you next time.